Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Forgiven Podcast. I am Pastor Logan. I am one of your hosts, and we are doing a very special sort of episode. Well, every episode is special. We are talking about the Trinity. We are going to discuss what is the Trinity, and I have with me my ever-so-awesome co-host. Hey, how's everyone doing? Pastor Mike. Yeah, that's Pastor Mike. Hey, um, this is a tough one, Logan. Yes, it is. This is, uh, we get into a thing which is kind of known as dogmatics. Yes. And that has nothing to do with your dogmatics. Nothing. Or, <laughs> or anything like that. Well, kind of mathematics. I mean, you know. <laughs> Basically, dogmatic is the things that, that have to be true in order for something to be to be bona fide. Yes. And and there are certain things within our faith that we call dogmatic that you have to be right. And if you if you are wrong on this issue, you go wrong everywhere. It's the foundation of everything that, that Christians believe. If if you don't believe this, then what you are believing is not Christianity. Exactly. And so there are a number of things that, that are under that umbrella of dogmatic. Yes. It's not just the, not just say the Pentecostal church or the Baptist. No. It is, it is the universally agreed upon terms and foundations for everything Christianity. Yeah, and, and there are a couple of creeds that uh, have been created because of this. And there are a yep. number of the creeds that have been created because of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Go back in our history over the first you know, two or three hundred years, there was, there was a big problem that was threatened. Yes. And it was a, with a person whose name was Arian. Yeah, and all these kind of names of some of the earlier fathers, and and Arian kind of believed that there was God and God created mm-hmm. first, and so people say, well, that's not true. No, it threatened the everything, and so in Nicaea three twenty five, yeah, uh, there was a conference, and from that came the Nicaean Creed. I had it memorized at one point at Bible college. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you now. <laughs> yes the trinity which are important for us you know there's also the athanasian creed uh more more recently the westminster Trench, yes all of these talk about the importance of understanding what the trinity is and so hopefully we haven't lost you in all that mumbo jumbo right? no so so what would be the best way to start this and uh, for anyone who's kind of listening and i realize that there are people who are listening that have been you know in the faith for you know even decades and there are some people who have just been in for a little while, and they're they're at the the growing stages of faith. And even if you have been in the faith for a long time, you have still got to have questions about the Trinity, yep. because it is a concept which uh, is, you know, it's, it's hard to not so much hard to understand, but hard to comprehend. Yes, I think so. Our finite thinking. We're trying to explain the infinite God with the small minds that we have. And, and with that, sometimes there's that inability to comprehend fully. And, and I dare say there might just be a little bit of faith involved in this. I think in some respects, here's the reality, people. We're not, we're never going to have the right answers. Realistically, we will like, we have the, like we have the truth in the Bible. And that is the only thing that God has like truly ever told us is truth is things that are in the Bible and these like these dogmatic things, but in the end, we're still imperfect, and we will never fully know everything about God and everything that He has done in our world. And so, um, part of that includes an, our understanding of the Trinity. We Absolutely. like we have finite minds. Yeah. We will never fully grasp 
this kind of stuff. Now, does that mean that gives us an excuse to not learn about it and to not challenge ourselves? Absolutely not. We still need to challenge ourselves and learn about it. And so I think the best place to understand is just defining yeah. things. Let's define and then kind of ask ourselves, why is this so important? Why is it important? Yeah. So like Pastor Mike said, we have the Council of Nicaea, and basically there they came up with the doctrine of the Trinity. Doctrine is like the... Um, it's the it's the dogma. It's like we said, it's the core values, so to speak, of what Christians believe. And you can actually still go and find like sort of like English translations of the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, but basically, it is the unity of the Father, God, Jesus, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And this is where it gets really, really important. It is one Godhead made up of three persons. There's just there's important language there. It's one Godhead, one essence, made up of three distinct persons. Don't and and this is one thing. And shout outs to my shout outs to Dr. Andrew Gabriel if you're ever listening to this. I remember theology too. I remember going over this. Um, it's not three personalities. It's not three masks. It's not three one thirds of God split up. That's not it at all. It is three distinct persons who are all equally and fully God coming together in one essence. So when God when God speaks of himself, he says I, and when God speaks of, of the Holy Spirit and of the Son, he says you. And then Jesus also does the exact same thing. He says he speaks of the Father, a separate person, and he speaks of the Holy Spirit as a separate person. Okay, so when, so when Jesus was praying, he wasn't praying to himself. No, he was praying to God the Father. A different person, but same in essence. Same, as, same in essence. Um, this is going to be a little nerdy, I think, but for those of you that will, will get it, I think it will really help. So I'm a big video game nerd. I love video games. And in my one of my favorite games of, called Zelda, they have what's called the Triforce. It is a triangle made up of three other triangles. All three pieces of the Triforce are all equal, but they come together to create one essence. That is how I like to imagine God is that exact same way. So it's, it's important to understand that um, each person in the Trinity is not one-third God. Yes. All of them are 100% God. Yeah. All of them same, share the same attributes. And so some people kind of think, well, okay, if, if, if there's God the Father and God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, if you kind of split them in three, then, then they are, you know, one-third each. That's not true. No, you're... What you do there is then you completely nullify God's other core attributes of his omniscience, his omnipotence, and his omnipresence. If you're saying that God is then splitting himself, he's not all-powerful, right? Because then he has to divide himself. And so, and the other mistake some people make is this, that there was God the Father, and then when Jesus came, he made himself God the Son. Yeah. And then when, when he entered into the New Testament phase... Uh, he became the Holy Spirit. That's that's not true. Either. No. And so it's important to differentiate differentiate these things because it is important to understand God in that regard. Now I know a lot of people use analogies. I hate. I don't know if I hate them. There is a three leaf clover. Oh yeah. There is, there is water. Well, water is can be solid. It can be a gas. It's steam. It, it can, can be, be a liquid. Liquid. You know, um, all of all of those things are really kind of interesting to to kind of take a look at, but really it never ever, they never really get to the point where- No. I, I think that we're dealing with something that, um, you know, I wish that I thought 
I'm really smart and that there are the smartest people in the world. But despite the fact that you can have people of incredible intellect, we are only limited to our finite mind. Yes. To try and describe uh, the infinite process of who God is, is very hard to comprehend with the limited capacity that we have as humans. And I don't think that that's a cop-out. I think that that is, is just coming to the reality of understanding who God is. It will take an eternity to try and figure that out. Yeah. So uh, hopefully that hopefully that helps you in your process of understanding God. And if you have any questions, what we want you to do is we want you to call in our... Well, you could call us, I guess, but you could email forgiven at bethelbrandon.ca. Well, I'm the one that ha- I'm the one that answers the phone half the time, so I would be like, "Hey, nice." To- um, I think also, like we ca- I just think take a little reassurance too in what Pastor Mike just said. You you don't need to like fully understand this because you're never going to. We have an eternity to learn about the infinite power of our God. Right? We have and and so I take great solace in that actually. Um that's a good comfort to me because I remember really struggling with this especially when I was like 17, kind of 18, kind of just graduating high school, kind of looking at Bible college and I was taught I was thinking a lot about the Trinity and I was like this makes no sense. How can like how can God make so many things so clear about who he is and what he does? And then there's this this abstract way of thinking that there's these three different you know entities that that exist and then it's like but jesus was also fully human and then you start asking all these questions and and then i had to come to the realization especially in bible college after i learned what we just talked about about the dogmatics and all this stuff that it's it's okay to to have questions it's okay to be working through it it's actually better than not do it's better than sitting around and doing nothing it's important to understand that uh, you know, how would you feel of, of being able to to understand the God that, that eternally exists? It, you got to understand that, but there's just so much. There's just so so much to the equation. Yeah. And so we have one God who eternally exists as three distinct persons. persons. I heard an argument one time uh, of an individual who was was part of another religion who often criticized Christianity. Okay. And they basically said, basically, you think in three in terms of three different gods. And we said, no, it's one. No. Three, three persons. Yeah, you can say that. But in, but in reality, you're saying that they're, they're three. And, and he says, I just don't comprehend that. And so he says, okay, so you believe that there is one God. Yes, I do. And you said he's eternal and, and was never created. Yes, I believe that. I said, you believe that God is love? And he said, yes, I do. So the question this person asked, this uh, apologist asked is, so before everything was created, right? Before he created anything, Mm -hmm. how could God be loved unless there's something to love? Wow. So, so how do you, how do you explain that? So there has to, in order for there to be love, there has to be a lover. Yeah. There has to be something to receive it. Yeah. So how can, how can you comprehend that if there's only, if there's, as you say, just God, right? He says, whereas before the creation of everything, God was love because, because the love of God was experienced within the personalities of the essence of God. Wow. That's powerful. I I thought that that was that something that I've always hung on to. Yeah. Talk about the importance uh, of Trinity. 
And so I thought that would kind of be a, a nice segue into, hey, with the purpose. Yes. And this is something which is seen in Scripture. Like even in creation. Yeah. that Scripture that says, let us make God in our image. Yeah. And female, he created them. Isn't that kind of funny? Let it make in our image, and then he created them. And so you kind of see the one, and then you see him talking in, in terms of more than one. Right? So that was kind of, that's kind of one when, when Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. Yeah. He talks about that, that he was eternal. He was God. So those important things in Scripture that kind of give us details as to who the Trinity is. Absolutely. The whole aspect of the Trinity. And one thing, too, that is, um, I've heard a lot of people have this conversation, and this is probably a separate podcast, but it goes back to what you were saying before, how people think God started, then he, then he sent Jesus, and then he morphed into the Holy Spirit, right? A lot of people have that idea, because if you read the Bible strictly narratively, right, and you don't understand that it's all connected, then it would make sense. You start with God, then he sent, then God transformed into Jesus, and then we get the Holy Spirit. But the reality is the Holy Spirit was at work in the Old Testament from the beginning, Right. And and um, we see this uh, mentioned many times in the Psalms and in Proverbs. We talk about wisdom. That's a reference to the Holy Spirit, um, God's envoy on earth in that time. So, yeah, it just goes to further prove the idea that, like, no, these have all eternally existed. Right. And it, and yeah, so it just kind of goes to debunk that argument that God kind of worked in stages Throughout, it's like, no, the Holy Spirit's been active the whole time throughout all of creation and is still active to this day. Maybe the role is a little different, um, but we can talk about that later. But I'm just saying it, it goes to show that, like, this has been happening since the beginning of time. And this goes beyond the wow factor because you mm. you begin to comprehend these things. Maybe you're driving in your car. Maybe you're just kind of sitting going for a walk. I don't know how you uh, how you listen to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, many times I'm driving when I'm listening to podcasts. Yeah, I'm doing the dishes a lot of the time. And so you're kind of taking this all in and you're saying, wow, this is kind of an incredible thought. Mm. But why is this important yeah. for us to understand this day, what does this mean for me in my everyday living? Yeah, might be. Let's let's kind of try and put this in in everybody's. I agree. Well, so last episode we talked about the role of the Holy Spirit, and I think I guess the next logical thing is if the Trinity is made up of three people, what's the role of Jesus and what's the role of God? Right. I think the role of Jesus is very simple, and we talked about it in what is in the salvation episode that we did. But the role of Jesus was to be the sacrificial lamb here on earth. To, for us to you know take our sins away and that goes along with the trinity that is the the physical embodiment of the trinity is jesus and was jesus's life here on earth yes very much very much true and so and so now that jesus has done that he kind of sits on his eternal hammock doing nothing <laughs> yeah, he's he's, he's napping <laughs> is that true or no i, I mean, yeah he's he's well it says in the apostles creed he's sitting at the right hand of the father so like, but he's also our intercessor. Absolutely. There's other rules that, that Jesus has other other than that. That yeah. is the primary thing, though. Yep. He paid the ultimate price uh, for our sins. So we're eternally grateful in the spirit of the Son. Yes. And there, there's so many things that we can add add to that. But, uh, you know, if you're talking about the role of Jesus, there are many. But that is the primary. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the role of God is, well... 
this is where it gets a little tricky because you can't say that God is in charge, right? Because they're all equal. So you have to, we have to be very careful with the language that we, that Christians use around here. Um, and this is what, like, this is where I don't even know that much. I'll be honest. I, like, I don't really understand completely what the role of God is specifically in the Trinity because, um, and I, I do, but it's hard to explain because God is the is the is the head of them, but ultimately all the things that happen come from God, but it's acted out through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So then, what is God's role? What is God's role in creation? Right. We can we can start with that. Yeah, we can. Yeah. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. You know, and that that whole process of of God starting the earth and in the process of him dealing with mankind and the process of, of him um, overseeing and and what, what would the best way to articulate that be in the, in the process of the affairs of mankind yeah and in the the dealings of mankind and dealing with uh, with everything that was taking place the process the process of dealing with with sin the holiness aspect yeah yeah being very much a part of who the father is but also very much the love and compassion of god which which causes him to put together uh, a plan so that he can redeem his creation and hmm. the process the process of dealing with mankind who uh, he loves and created yet at the same time has sin which which is makes it difficult for god to you know to reconcile Got it. And I think God is also the sustainer. He's at the center of it. Everything comes from God, right? Like we pray, we pray to God, we pray. Like he's the sustainer. He's the one that created everything. Every good and perfect gift comes yeah. from above. You know, we think of the fact that God God supplies and that God gives. And that, you know, he and, and he moves, but moves through the Holy Spirit. And, yeah. And so yeah, sometimes sometimes it is that you know where one begins and the other ends is sometimes hard to determine in terms of the personality of God and the roles of each. That's what I've always found. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just very interesting to to really sit down and start thinking about it. And I guess when it applies to our life, right? Like each part of the each person of the Trinity has a different role mm-hmm. in our life. Yeah. Okay. So when you pray, yeah, as you are praying, and you know, hey, we have, we could, as we are kind of trying to serve God, serve Jesus. Maybe we our concept is wrong. But when you pray, are you praying to God the Father? Are you praying to God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? A little bit of all of them, really. I think it applies. I genuinely, maybe I'm wrong for this, but I think it. It depends on the type of prayer because I know that each person has a different role. So, so if I'm praying for like healing, I'm gonna pray to the Holy Spirit because we talked about that. The Holy Spirit is the working of God in our world. But if I'm praying for um, like a person's heart, I'm praying to Jesus. I'm praying that the saving work of Jesus comes and is revealed to them. If I'm praying for, yeah. Yeah. For us. Exactly. So, so that I guess that is part of the equation as you are praying. Yeah, I. 
Yeah, yeah. I just know that we don't save people. It's the saving work of Christ that does that. It's a soteriology. And so I'm praying to Jesus for that. And then if I'm praying for like our world or, you know, like basically anything that I see is like evil, so to speak, like if I'm praying for or against um, like certain things in our world or whatever, I'm praying to God because I know that God is the creator and he's ultimately the one. That, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, I don't know if I'm wrong for that. I don't know if that's sacrilegious. I have no idea. I don't think it is. But it's like that's how I reconcile it well, in I my head. I find that as I begin my prayer, it always seems to be, um, I think of God the Father. Hmm. You know, and many times as I pray, or even as I lead a prayer meeting, my prayer will just start of the fact that I need to put myself in a place where I understand who God really is. I need hmm. to continually remind myself, God, I just come before you because I realize that nothing is impossible without you. That you are um, the unchanging God. We use the term immutable. Yeah. You are always the same. And yet you are completely all love. And that there is nothing that is too difficult for you. That not only you are all powerful, you are all knowing. And you are everywhere. And I worship you because, because of who you are. And so many times as I start my prayer time of devotional to me as a form of worship, but also a re reminder of myself, of who God really is, mm. attributes. And, and when I pray that, I think automatically of God the Father in terms of his role. Yeah. He is. And yep. as I begin to talk and as I begin to pray about other people, I incorporate, you know, praying for the Holy Spirit or praying to the Holy Spirit and praying to to the sun and and so you know how how that goes about and how i transfer from one to another i think it just kind of becomes part of the flow of my prayer but i would say for me that almost every time that i pray i i start with the personality of god the father so and i don't know i don't know whether you've ever really I, i've done that too that. and just to say this for the people listening <laughs> if you don't we're just being brutally honest here. We're not saying that how we pray is right or wrong. Just wanna just wanna get that out there, okay? Unless you're like openly praying against God or something, then you're gonna have a problem. But like if you are praying to the Holy Spirit and then you decide to pray to God, it's not like you're it's not like it's getting lost in translation. It's not like you put down the wrong mailing address, right? right. God God knows our heart, he knows what's going on. It's right? just divine filing cabinet. Oh, you put it in the wrong filing <laughs> yeah. cabinet. Yeah, he's got a he's got a divine Rolodex. He knows what's going on. So just don't be discouraged or think that you have to pray to the certain person in a certain order or anything like that. But That's as, not how it works. But as we study to know who God is, it is important to consider God the Father and Absolutely. God the Son and God the Holy Spirit and and that whole process of God working. And if we if we have it wrong or as we're in the process of learning, you know, I don't think that God is you know gets angry or I don't think that he illegitimizes prayer no. as a result of, of the fact. I think that we come to the Father with humble hearts and God and God works with that humble heart. And as yeah. we get to know him, then we, we pray with more knowledge and we and hopefully yeah. with more authority because because we have kind of are in a process of getting to know God more Absolutely. Um, each and every day. Absolutely. Now I guess um why is the Trinity important? Why like 
we've explained it now and we've applied it to our lives, but like, why does it matter? Why can't some, why, why can't somebody just go through the rest of their life having never heard about it? Okay. Well, let's, let's start it this way. If you, if you um, were just limited in your knowledge of God and you just saw God as one, but you, you know, you understood enough to realize that God as the son died for your sins and you never really got to fully comprehend the Holy Spirit and the roles and things like that. I think that you could still kind of get through things. I think that, you know, you don't hit a certain level of knowledge before all of a sudden you say, okay, you've hit level three. Right. And so therefore you are going to be more effective. Right. Right. I think that, I think that God has so much grace with us, but in our zeal to know God, if we've given him everything and we get to the point where we love Jesus with all of our hearts, we want to know as much about God correctly as we possibly can. Absolutely. Yeah, and so it's in, important to understand the role of God because as we get going along, we can we can increase our knowledge of God and the role of the, the each person of the Holy Spirit that allows us allows us to live with a little bit more knowledge and a little bit more effectiveness in being able to minister, in being able to pray, in being able to um, communicate with God, probably, probably I'm I'm thinking particularly through prayer mm-hmm. is is a major aspect of things. But just certainly how we live, how we absorb life, yeah, uh, how we react in times in difficult times. That, that what we go through to understand the Spirit's work as we're going through a difficult time, to understand to understand God as we are uh, seeking God for something in our lives. I think, I think all of a sudden to be able to comprehend how and why God is working um, helps us in our process of Christian maturity in life. Yeah, absolutely. I also just think um, why that Trinity is important. You don't want to make a fool of yourself, yes. right? Like why understanding... Th- the Trinity is important is like, let's be real. There are super well-educated people out there who will challenge you on your faith. Whether you think that's true or not, God makes it very clear that we will be challenged on our faith. Yes. And it will come at the least expected times. And that is an opportunity right there for you to um, like use the knowledge and the power and the wisdom that God has given you. And if you don't understand these things, you're not going to be able to, like, to defend yourself. Yeah. And it, it sounds more dangerous than it is by using the word like defend and attack and stuff. But like, realistically, it is like that. It's a battle for your life, mm-hmm. in some regards, and it's a, especially a battle for the other person's life. Yeah. You're trying to save them. Yeah. And so, if you don't have a basic understanding of these things, and this person has read the Bible cover to cover and understands, you know, the holes and the so-called contradictions and things that are in the Bible, you're going to get you're going to you're going to get the floor mopped with you yeah. in a in a verbal jousting match so to speak. Like and that's happened to me before. Well, usually what happens is if you're going against a critic or someone who is part of another faith yeah, or whatever, they know um, everything about their side of their argument. Yes. And they also know everything about your Yours. argument. So you're already at a disadvantage. Exactly. And so right. why why keep yourself right. at more of a disadvantage? And listen, is that like the best under is that the best reason to go and study the Trinity and all these things? No. But I'm just saying it will come a time, even as a parent or 
whether you're a volunteer at church or anything like that, you are yeah. a representative of what the church yeah. believes. And if a new person comes up to you and asks a question and you just fumble it, like... Well, it all comes back to that one scripture that Peter uses. He says, but set Jesus apart in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to yes. the hope that is in you. But do it with meekness and fear. Don't do it as a person that is that is trying to stuff it down someone's throat. No. Do it from the fact that you are trying to win people to the most wonderful life you could possibly live and the truth of the gospel and the reality of the gospel. You know, and sometimes we need tact and we need love and we need, Mm -hmm. you know, humility in that whole process. The other thing I think is this. If Jesus is Lord of my life, if, if I have asked Jesus to come in and it is the most important relationship that I have in my life, it is the most important thing in my life, then I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to find out as much about God as I possibly can. Because the more I know about God, the more effective I am in witnessing and living out my faith. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I don't want to... I didn't say that to discourage you guys, uh, listeners, to not you know go out and speak or whatever. You're going to get things wrong. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to say the wrong thing. Heck, us pastors have said you know, the wrong thing before and whatever. It just... I just wanted it to to lay out the 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 importance of 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 understanding yeah. it. That's all. This is the importance of being correct. Yeah. The the more knowledgeable you are in God, the more you learn the dogmatics, the less you are uh, prone to wander. Mm. Because if you get something and you start off wrong, then the further you go along in an incorrect precipice, yeah, you you don't start from incorrectness and go to correctness. <laughs> Right, yeah, and no. that's and that's important to really understand who the nature of God is. And the more you understand about God, the more you love God and appreciate God, and the more effectively you pray, and the more effectively you speak, and the more effectively you live your your life out for God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you a question again, another question. Yeah, um, there are some people who like to take this information, and, and what we're giving you is introductory. Yeah. We are not going very deep into that. Um, there are some good websites. There mm-hmm. are some good studying things. Now, because I went to Bible college, I have I have um, you know, books on doctrine and stuff. And people yep. don't have that. But you know, one place that I have found that has always been good in terms of doctrine, good solid doctrine, has been desiring God, which is which has been uh, I think that John MacArthur yeah, Grace to You Ministries. Yes, has that, and you know, I know that they don't they don't line up totally with all of our doctrine and all, but certainly with the dogmatics, they are excellent. And uh, I think that you know, if you're wanting to take a look at Desiring God, and you punch in Desiring God, and you put in Trinity, uh, you'll get some pretty good information ex- explaining things at perhaps a more explainable level, or maybe a little bit deeper level than yes. than what, what we might be doing now. And so. We're just kind of wetting the appetite. It's it's up to you as an individual to, to kind of take a look at some some websites. And the thing is, on the internet, there are some there are some you know. It's not like you're getting all correct stuff. No, you're definitely not. And so that that kind of is one that I, I like to do. Again, we tried. I I wanted to kind of mention, hey, the Nicene Creed, Athanasian Creed. You know, all those things are really good for us to get down the important doctrines to understand to keep ourselves on the straight and narrow in terms of our faith. Yep. Is there anything, any other uh, yes. places that you look 
uh, to mm-hmm. look at solid theology. Um, so one of the books that we went through in Bible college, it's actually a really short book. Um, it's by Michael F. Bird. I'll link it in the podcast like description or whatever. It's called What Christians Ought to Believe. Um, and basically he just goes through this, the dogmatics of Christian faith, but he does it under the guise of the Apostles' Creed. So it's like, I believe in God the Father, I believe in Jesus Christ. The You know, the song, this is the creed by like the newsboys and stuff. He goes through it, um, and that book is incredible. And it, I think every Christian should read it. Mm. I yep. It is an incredible book. I still go find myself looking back at this book. Um, and so that one is like an incredible source. Yeah, and Desire God, I have, I'm going to link the article that I specifically read okay. for this um, podcast to kind of prep myself because I think it does a really, really good job. And then Christianity Today, honestly, has some really good um, resources on there. Yes, I got. I have a, a, a subscription to Christianity Today, and they, they have some really good articles on yeah. the, the, the solid theology. There we go. Solid I was going to say solid theology, but I, <laughs> I was wrong. Um, they also have they also have great issues on some of today's issues. Yeah, and so and they kind of keep you up to date uh, at Christianity Today magazine, and uh, it's actually they're not expensive for a year's a year's membership uh, to some of the things that uh, yep. that they have available for you um, in books. I know. Uh, Systematic Theology by a fellow named Thiessen was great. Uh, there is a Pentecostal version of Systematic Theology uh, called Foundations of Pentecostal Theology yep, by yep. Duffield. Yes, uh, I had to read and that. Van Cleve, I believe, is is another book, but they're mm-hmm. kind of harder to get because they're theology books. But no. those those are some those are a few few things that we can hand out to you yep. in terms of your knowledge of stuff. I, what would be nice is if we maybe did a little bit more. A little bit more homework on our own, and just say here's here's some some really good websites talking about dogmatics. Yeah. We can do that. I can yeah. find some resources and put them before the podcast comes out. Yeah. Uh, and then another good one, specifically for Canadians, EvangelicalFellowshipCanada.ca, like the EFC.ca, um, lays out everything super well in their statement of faith and their fundamental truths and uh, everything. That's what like Pentecostal churches almost all. E- all evangelical churches in Canada, all Protestant churches, essentially subscribe to that belief, yes. um, and they lay out. They do a really good job of laying it out and stuff. And I didn't. I mean, if you are Pentecostal, then obviously you could look up um, the PAOC's Pentecost like uh, statement of fundamental truths. But that's a little bit different. That kind of goes over very specific Pentecostal theology, not dogmatics. Okay. Um, right. I mean, we both sure. read it. So, sure. so I'm just saying for those that attend our church and that are Pentecostal and believe yeah. you could easily look up that. But for just general Christians, evangelical fellowship of Canada, amazing, um, like resource for those that want to go out yeah. and find it. But I'm going to say it again. This is for everybody. What Christians ought to believe by Michael F. Bird, incredible book. You could read it okay. at any level of belief and it will do a really, really fantastic. Is there job. a Canadian website called dogmatics? A <laughs> no, there is none. No, I don't know. Um, but well, yeah, that's what I would do for sure. Is I would start there, and then also look up at getting a um, a dictionary of theological terms. 
Uh, sure. Because we've said some words and yeah, stuff you like said soteriology, which so, is but it's a study of salvation. Yeah, but I think sometimes we get in our conversation. Yeah, and and as ministers, we kind of throw those words around and sometimes forget. Oh, yeah, damn, what exactly. is that? I was gonna I was gonna backtrack and, and and explain that we we're in the Christian ghetto as much as we don't like to be. We are so used to using these words. Um, so I would challenge you guys to go and get that as well, yeah. or just learn how to like use a dictionary, like. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're like, pretty good. There's a scripture in Acts, I think it's 16 or 17, where Paul is kind of like in Athens, and they kind of rush him out of or Thessalonica. I can't remember. He's out in Thessalonica, and these certain Jewish people kind of chuck him out of the city, and he goes to this little town called Berea. And he says the people of Berea were more noble of those of Thessalonica because yeah. they not only they not only listened to what I said, but they searched the scriptures to see you search scriptures diligently to see that to say that what I'm saying was actually taking place, and that's I think that's an important passage of scripture for those of us who are really, really seeking. Now I've been a minister for like over thirty years, and I still come to the point where I need to be thirsty about knowing God more, hmm. and I'm not so high on myself to realize that there are certainly things that I don't know and. There's a lot of questions that I don't have. And every single Christian um, needs to take their faith past Sunday morning messages. Yeah, that's... Um, it's important for us to, yeah. to not only live out our faith, but to take our faith past a superficial level and to understand God at a deeper level and to know Him. And I think part of worship, really. I think part of worship is not just singing the songs and that, but to fully comprehend who God is. And and the the more you know God and the deeper you know God, the freer you are and the more fuller your worship of him is. And so I know a lot of people think, well, I just I just like to have that bubbly feeling on a Sunday morning as I'm worshiping. And if that's all you do, and if that's that's all that you experience, then you then you will stick at level 100. And I don't think that God wants us to be there. I think that those are great times. I think the emotional times that we have with God are great times. But the times where we all of a sudden comprehend at a deeper level, this is what it really means when we say that God is unchanging. This Mm -hmm. is what it means. These are the ramifications. When it says that God is all-powerful, it basically means that the person that is second in power is eons Eons way behind. It's not yeah. like it's not like well, Satan is is a close second. No, when no. God says that He is all powerful, it means His power never ends. Yep. When it says that He is omniscient, all the ramifications of those things. When it says that He is the Trinity, that that He is one in essence, but there are three persons, and and the ramifications of all those things cause me to say, God, you are so incredibly big and awesome that I am comfortable coming to you mm-hmm. and and handing myself to you. And there's something about just knowing God and being so hungry for God that I want my knowledge of God to be not only correct, but deep. deep. So I think it's amazing that you brought that up because there's been a song that has been on repeat for me. Um, so we did our last like worship night for youth. Um, and Abby, our summer student and one of my worship leaders, she is incredible and she brings like two new songs every week and it's great for somebody a little older like me because I listen to the same like 50 worship songs just on repeat. 
Um, but she did this song, and at first I like I didn't I didn't like the way it sounded at first, but once like they got going and the band like really got into it, it was amazing. And it's called Monday Morning Faith, and it's a bit of a wordy song. Um, but the whole idea is that we cannot just have our faith on Sundays. Um, and the bridge says, and hell's not scared of a Sunday faith it, if it only leads to empty praise. Um, what really makes darkness run is when the saints arise and praise in quiet on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday to know you, to love you, to choose you first on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to see you, um, behold you, and worship. Yes, yes. It's. I'm gonna link the song. I really think it. I don't think God placed that on our heart, on my heart, by accident. Yeah. It's the understanding of the Trinity and everything that we talked about here is not something that stays in the four walls of the church. Our faith is not just on Sunday. If anything, that's the least important day of the week. Yeah. Realistically, it's the Monday and the Tuesday and the Wednesday and the Thursday and the Friday where you're not surrounded by your Christians, when you have to take that time to actually be intentional and fight in your life to spend time with God. Yeah. That yeah. is important. And and there's a time when you, you know Jesus and he comes into your heart and, and God does wonderful things. And we have times of worship which allow us to feel the presence of God. And these are wonderful things. But life extends itself in a way that the deeper I know God, the easier it is to understand him as I go through the dark times, mm-hmm. as I go through times where where difficult times are there or sustain, extended times. difficult times where, where I just can't figure God out. And sometimes when we don't know God deeply, we have the thought of, well, this is all there is, I'm out. Yep. But but the more you know God, the deeper you know God, it 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 allows. I don't know. You just you just tend to find God. Uh, you either lose God or you find God in certain um, new things, valleys. new mercies, new things yes. every time. And in and in the valley, when you understand who He really is, yep. it allows you to be able to um, to walk with a level of knowledge. Not just with a level of emotion, because there are times where emotion will not be enough. There are times where our faith requires us to know him in a deeper way. Now, his grace extends to us in some of those times. But when when you ask Jesus into your heart, it is the start of a journey of God to not only change your character, hey, work of the Holy Spirit that we've talked about, yeah. but there is something upon us that says, God... I want to know you more deep within my soul. I want to know you. And, and that not only extends past the emotional level, it extends into the everything about you, God. Everything. I want to know. And I don't know who that's for. And I'm not too sure if you're listening or if you're going through a difficult time, or maybe you're at a point where God is saying, it's time for you to go to a different level. It's time for you to... to uh, Practice other things or do other things. I want to be able to know you, not just in a, in a prayer time, but for you to just to kind of sit down and, and dig deeper into the Word and dig deeper into some of the wonderful doctrines that teach us about who God really is. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to end with a quick story because I, I just think it'll be good. So I've talked about it a little bit before in other podcast episodes. Of, 
my time in Bible college. And my second year of Bible college was terrible. Uh, it was the worst year of my life to date, by far. Really? Um, oh, yeah, by far, 100%. My dad died my second year of Bible college. Ooh, well, Isn't that funny? Well, I'm not comparing. No, I know, but it's like, that would be pretty Something bad, about too. that second year, right? Yeah, and I think a lot of it is you get comfortable. You pass your first year, and first year is actually really easy. You think it's hard because it's all new, but then second year comes yes. when you... Anyway, um, and basically, I was making it hard on myself, right? I was volunteering way too much. I was taking on every responsibility that was throwing my way on top of taking really, really hard classes, some that I failed, actually. And it's funny. I went to a Bible college where failure basically didn't exist because it was a competency-based education program, so it means... You don't have to pass. You just have to show that you're competent in that area. And so you can keep retrying. But I wasn't showing enough growth. And that's on me for not putting any effort in and thinking I knew it all and everything. But basically, there was a point where I never read the Bible, like at all. Like besides, unless it was for class where I had to find scripture or whatever, I didn't sit down. I didn't listen to worship music. I didn't do whatever because I was like, well, I study this. My whole life is this. I don't need to to be taking this personal time to understand who God is because I'm learning it on a knowledge level, mm-hmm. right? I'm spending eight hours a day in a classroom, Yes, right? That is something quite often that happens with Bible college students, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And maybe not even Bible college students, but just post-secondary in general. You think that since you're taking all this knowledge into your brain, you think that it's getting into your heart, but it's not. Mm. That's right? a good you, way of putting it. And, and that was what was happening to me. I had the false idea that I was learning about who God was. No, no, no. I wasn't learning about who God was um, to me. I was learning about who God was to the world. There's a big difference there. And I stopped reading the Bible. I stopped going to church. I was lying on my RA forms. I was the resident assistant, and they checked to make sure that you were going to church. And I would just lie and say that I was going so I didn't have to have, like, awkward conversations. And I got called out on it later, thank God. Mm -hmm. Um, But I completely was ready to give up stop going to like I stopped going to church I was ready to quit school like I was like done because I was like I know like God's not revealing anything to me God's not revealing anything to me and it wasn't until I started like basically one of my best friends she called me out and she was like I was sick right I did the air quotes I just didn't want to go to church and she like calls and she's like hey I'm heading to church you're coming I was like no I'm sick and she's like well then that should be the place you go the first right I was like don't you go to God when you're sick and I was like yeah She's like, so why wouldn't going to church while you're sick be the first thing you should do? Yes. And and she could she was totally seeing right through my like BS. She was just she called me straight out on it. And on the way there, we were talking, and she was like, When was the last time you read your Bible? Like actually like sat down and read it. And I was like, uh. And she's like, Yeah, the fact that you can't answer that is a problem. Right? Mm-hmm. She was like, uh, and she called me out on it, and there was a lot of shame, but like a good kind of shame, right? Not like a – there was a lot of just accountability that happened in that moment, and I started reading my Bible. And not like just opening it up and reading like a chapter or two. What's funny is God knew what was going on, so I went home for Christmas, and my mom bought me a devotional uh, Bible and book. She had no idea, but she saw it and had it was about the book of John, and it was about love and – she knew that I was a Bible college student, so she bought it for me. And it just so happened to, like, as soon as I got home, I started reading it. I started going through it and actually taking 10 minutes, 15 minutes, sitting at my desk intentionally having both things open and reading them in combination. And my life drastically changed that because I stopped just taking God into my brain and I actually allowed him into my heart. And all of my schoolwork became easier. Everything in my life became easier because I started actually... Um, 
letting God move in my life, not just, you know, knowledge wise, if that makes sense. And so I say that story to tell everybody listening, it's great that you listen to the podcast. I'm happy that you're listening. But if this is where it stops, there's a problem. If you're not praying, if you're not reading your Bible, if you're not like actually allowing God into your heart and just learning more about him knowledge wise, then you need to stop and change what you're doing. Yeah. Because it's not going to do anything. Your understanding of the Trinity, your understanding of the Holy Spirit and God, all these things isn't actually going to deepen. It's going to get yes. wider. It's not going to get deeper. Yeah. So if it comes from your heart, doesn't go to your head, then you remain shallow. If if it starts with your head and never goes to your heart, then you just become a Pharisee. Yeah. Really? Yes. And so that's not what we want. No. So you know what? We're all about your growth. Even if it's one step. We want you to incrementally grow. And so hopefully uh, this podcast and the other ones we've had have helped you in the process of the small growth. The small the Small, small growth. growth. <laughs> small growth that, that happens. And we are all on that same journey. Absolutely. So um, hopefully this helps. And uh, we're hoping that we can be a blessing to you. Uh, whether you are like uh, 12 or whether you are 92, it doesn't matter. Yep. We're, we're still going ahead with our walk with Absolutely. God. Absolutely. Um, I just wanted to give a special shout out to you guys too. We're almost at a thousand listens. I think we're at like 990, Woo. which is insane. So thank you all for that. The last couple episodes we've released have actually done like extremely well. Like our one with Allison is like in the top, like three, like you guys have actually been like doing an amazing job at listening and, and just sharing it. So please keep doing that. Keep, keep sharing, keep sharing it. Yeah. Just keep doing it. Bombard all your friends, whatever. Be that, be that guy. Because that's how people start to listen and grow. Um, and so I think it's just an amazing testament to what God has done um, through us and through the listeners. We haven't even been doing this a full year yet. We're almost at a thousand listens, which I think is incredible. So, And for us, numbers numbers are not about our success. Numbers no. are about about Jesus going out and us, yeah. and us being effective to minister to people. Yeah, exactly. So. It's not, I don't care how many people listen. If one person listens, great. But I just think that's amazing how God is moving. So um, I'm going to pray and then we'll end the episode. No, you started through prayer. Oh, right. Well, we didn't. We, we prayed before the recording. Okay, my turn to pray. Okay, fine. God, we just pray over every single individual. And, and many times as we're doing this podcast, we don't know if we're talking to somebody who uh, is just in the beginning steps of exploring faith or those people who have been in the faith for a number of, uh, of uh, years or decades. Uh, the great thing about you, God, is that you uh, minister to us where we're at. And so whoever is listening and, and wherever they are in the walk, God, continue to bless them and continue to reveal yourself to them. And uh, Lord, we just want to make sure that everybody knows the wonderful life that comes when we give you everything. And so bless every single person that's, that is listening wherever they're at and allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to move uh, through uh, the podcast and through every way you do, Father, to, to cause us to grow in you, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening.